I was like, I don't know. It seems like it went pretty smooth, huh? Nope. Yeah. Like, that's so funny. <laughs> Obviously, Mike forgot. What I, I mean, we had conflict as a, a group, but I'm more or less talking about the fact that, like, our family, our house struggles a lot with fear mm-hmm. and right. what is to come and how this is all going to end up and what the future will bring. And But to have our group kind of talk truth. And, it's a Wednesday uh, morning at 6.30. Every week, the other three guys get coffee. I'm not much of a coffee guy. We don't spend too much time catching up because we were actually together last night. Yesterday, we actually spent most of our time talking about the Markison's budget. This isn't the first time we've done this. In fact, I think it's about the third. And over the years, they've gotten better in how they think about money, how they use their budget as a way to honor God and their spending, their saving, their giving. We also found a couple areas where they could grow and tried to be appropriately encouraging and pointing them in that direction. I've been part of this group for about eight years now. We've gone through pornography addiction, alcohol abuse, adultery. We've challenged each other in our pride, selfishness, lack of caring for our wives and being gentle, lack of parenting our kids well. There really isn't anything that's off limits. I asked the guys if there was a time this past year that they had the thought, why am I doing this? Why am I in this group? 2020 or since 2013 uh because it's been a just a continuous I think about it every day yeah. <laughs> we i yeah. mean if you want to go back further than 2020 maybe it's just because we've just been doing it together so long um i don't know it just feels like normal you know i i, I don't i can't remember i i certainly probably thought that several times early on right in 2013 or 2014 like all these people are really messed up maybe um, but man, I, I think since then it just feels so normal. It would, it would be weird not to be doing it. Like yeah. it would be, I would be freaked out if I didn't have this. Maybe you wish you had friends like this, or maybe more than likely the idea of living this close to people would drive you insane. Regardless, in order to understand the story, you have to understand the concept of community. Community isn't some supper club where you share your highlights of the week. It's not a Bible study where you learn useful information and then go home. Community is both those things, but more than that, you rub up against each other in useful but often painful ways. I'm Aaron Rose, and this is Kingdom Come, a Sound of a Rose podcast. Now, this story has nothing to do with my community group. It's about two guys, Jeff Parker and Rob Thomas, and the ups and downs of their relationship. Let me take you back to before the iPhone, before YouTube, to the year 2003, where these two met. Rob and his wife Haley led a group that Jeff and his wife Stacy attended. Here's Jeff talking about that. My wife and I got married in 2003. We started attending Watermark later that year. And as we jumped into a foundation group for Rob and Haley Thomas. So explain what a foundation group is. Yeah, foundation group kind of starts with making sure you're building your marriage on the right foundation. So you're you're looking at the scriptural foundation for marriage. And then in addition, you're looking at finances. You're looking at uh, just how to talk about intimacy with both your spouse and others, uh, in addition to a couple of other um, topics. And so it, you're deep diving into a lot of the topics, specifically intimacy and finances, and then communications, probably the third thing that we spent a good three, four months talking about. 
It was at least a year and a half of time spent with four other couples that are newly married and a mentor couple, and they're walking us through these sensitive topics. Uh, And not to mention, life begins happening too, right? And so there's not just, hey, now we're not just talking about money. There's a real situation that came up in our marriage that was a sticking point. And, And so you're getting shepherded and discipled and cared for as real things are happening in your marriage too. This is Rob talking about the first time he met Jeff and Stacy. Yeah, so Jeff and Stacy, um, I remember we had to meet them separately from the group because they couldn't come to something. So we went to uh, Cafe Brazil and we met we met them for the first time there and uh, just immediately thought they were awesome, just amazing couple. Hit it off and then and then so our foundation group took off and and uh, we were just rolling and um, it was great. And we were getting to know these younger couples um, and uh, Jeff and Stacy je- definitely stood out just as a, a great couple. They were essentially, in some ways, our community group. I just watched them unfold how they had hurt one another, and they did that in front of other people. Uh, Rob and Haley would both be real authentic about words that they had used that they shouldn't have used in terms of that kind of tore each other down. And I was like, whoa, people say that out loud to other human beings, not just, I was encouraged by how they dealt with that just them, but that they looped others in and were modeling, hey, this is what it looks like to live in community. Uh, And they had dealt with their sin together, uh, some of the hurt that they had done, but they brought others in to just go, hey, we need help. Even as y'all are looking for help in how to build your marriage, we just want you to know we haven't figured it out either. This is where we struggled earlier today. We're good right now, but y'all are free to ask us even, how, how are we doing at treating one another, the words we're using? It's easy to brush past this group as just another training opportunity at a church, but they were going beyond curriculum. They were sharing deep, intimate things about their lives, which is very powerful, as Jeff explains here. When you get to see loving shepherd responses towards confession, it just knits your heart to other people, right? And just when you're at, at some of your most vulnerable moments, when you see people move towards you and not judge you, but just go, thank you, and let me walk with you during this season. Not because it's going to be easy, but because it's going to be hard. I want to walk with you. you. You begin to fall in love with people that are willing to kind of sit in the rubble with you on that. And so for both Stacy and I, we became closer to Robin Haley because of all of that and and how we walked with them. And you know, we began to just talk about even more things, just about jobs. And one night, it was after Foundation Group, I just said, hey, do you need help in any way? And that ended up with us, me and my wife, just sitting there for three hours. And Rob and I kind of, uh, Rob just kind of at that moment unpacked what he was looking for. Uh, He was really kind of looking for a right-hand man that could help him grow the company. And he was more on the creative side. He needed someone that could help on the operation side. And after a while, I was like, whoa, I'm actually interested in this job. I started my own company in 2001, soon after I got married which wasn't um, my father-in-law's favorite thing that I quit my job, uh, started uh, Bedhead Productions, which was just creating videos for clients and was doing that. But on the side, I, I started creating these videos that I thought uh, pastors could use to teach. At the time, pastors were mainly ripping uh, movie clips illegally. And so I wanted to create a DVD of about five of these. So did that, called it Igniter Videos Volume 1. That And that launched in September of 2003. I remember being at a bowling alley with Jeff and Stacy, and we were just talking about work, and Igniter had been going for about, uh, I guess, about four months or so. 
and we just started talking about the idea of Jeff and what what if Jeff came on board? What you know? What what are Jeff's interests? And and he was super interested and, and excited about what we were trying to do with these videos. At that time, again, we I had one volume. He loved them. He thought it was great. He wanted to figure out how he could get involved too. So the conversation at this bowling alley was the first time we had ever even discussed the idea of, wait, is this a, could I work with this guy? We literally wrote on a napkin some of the things that that were in Rob's head about what we could do. He was already creating videos for churches that were like these short two minute, three minute videos that a pastor could use. But he was talking about maybe there could be a magazine, maybe there could be a conference. We could do these type of things. And we just wrote, and my heart started to swell for that. The biggest hurdle to him working for me was I didn't know how to pay someone full time. I mean, I, was, I could barely pay myself. We figured out a solution because my dad had a company, I had a company, we shared office space. We figured out a way that uh, my dad could hire Jeff and I could hire Jeff and he, he was able to work part time for both. The idea always being hopefully that he could come full time with, with Igniter. But that, so that's how we were able to get him in the door. It, it took a couple months to try to figure out how that could work. So. It was probably about a three or four month. We kept talking, we kept talking. Eventually Rob was like, look, I'm willing to make it work. I'll take a chance with the, you know, from a company financial standpoint, if you can take a chance from a personal financial standpoint and let's just see. And so after about three or four months, we jumped in together. I've talked to a lot of people about Jeff and Rob's relationship and one book comes to mind, Rocket Fuel. If you're not familiar with that book, it basically outlines a magical partnership between a visionary and an integrator. Rob is the visionary and has the dream and idea and the creative. And Jeff is the integrator who has the vision to see how to get things done. Now, I would admit this is too simplistic to explain their work relationship, but broad brush, it's pretty close. A partnership like this, rooted in the trust they already established, isn't just Rob plus Jeff. The output that they can accomplish is exponential. Here's Rob, then Jeff talking about that. He just brought a lot of things that uh, I needed things that I was not good at. I was creating invoices in Adobe Illustrator. Jeff came on, he actually gave optics to how we're doing as a, as a company. Like, hey, here, look how many we sold. Look, look what's going on. And, and it, which just was so fun. We were doing pre-orders for one of our volumes of DVDs that had five short videos on it. Finally, we're ready to ship the product. There was like 750 pre-orders ready to go, which was just amazing to us. We just have so many pictures of that day of just the, we had this long picture of the labels of it and the stacks of the DVDs that we were shipping out and then the packages. And it was somewhere in there that it was like, whoa, there's something here. I just started to go, wow, we, we need to hire people. I can't now handle the phones and fulfill orders and do the QuickBooks and help write scripts. Like we've got to start farming some of this stuff out. And uh, and that was part of the exciting part. That was, I think, one of the gifts I brought the company early on is, hey, how can we grow, but grow in a smart way? Oddly enough, my background is helping companies avoid bankruptcy or walk through it. And so one of the things that a lot of times happens with companies that file for bankruptcy is they just grow too fast. Uh, and so that was exciting for me is that's where I was like, okay, Rob's creativity is genius. How can I really allow him to do his thing? And that's where I started to go, hey, I think I know how to help grow a company at appropriate rate, which was fun for me. And that was probably about two years in that I was like, ooh, I now see why God's kind of joined us together. There was, there's something that I think 
happened when Jeff got there. He and I worked so well together that there was an energy that that started. It was an energy that we both would bring to the table. I was able to, to do things he couldn't do. He could do things I couldn't. And because of that, we were able to just start producing more. He would go, hey, we actually have enough money in the bank to, to hire someone else to now help with um, Bedhead Productions, for instance. So we were still doing client work. So we brought on another guy, Trent, who came and he kind of handled the production work so I can now move into all Igniter and really start working on all the products for Igniter. One thing led to another. It's when I look back and I look at those first five years, it's it's so weird to see how much we did because I know how hard it is to do that much now. And I'm like, I don't know how we did that. Probably ignorance. We just were like, hey, let's just, let's do this. Now let's just do this. In the first five years, we launched Igniter. We expanded it with other products. We launched a secondary company in 2005 called Worship House Media. So we have Igniter going, Worship House is going, we're adding people. Now we're up to four, five, six, seven people. By the time we get to 2007, we want to start a magazine for the church creative world. And so we launch a magazine called Collide Magazine. Everyone was like, don't start a magazine. No, no one wants print anymore. And we, we got about 2,000 people that were paying for this magazine that were excited about it. And, and about a year into the magazine, we thought, let's not just do this magazine where we talk about what's going on in, with church and media. Let's do an event called the Echo Conference. And we did that for six years. This is all in the first five years, 2003 to 2008. Those are the things we were doing and we were busy. We had so much fun together. We just laughed a ton together. Um, we were, I mean, at least I was a little bit young and naive as to what I was even getting into. Rob probably had a little bit more understanding of what all he was risking. But it just was great memories because every little moment, it felt like we just kind of had to pinch ourselves. I just kept being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe God's using this stuff. I'm like, I just remember we would celebrate all the time. One sale of a DVD, we would like celebrate different moments. Uh, and so there's just a ton of fun, innocent memories as we're building the company as just going, man, we can't believe God's allowing this to happen. And all of a sudden, wait, we might be able to hire somebody else. And and then all of a sudden you're looking up and you're like, whoa, there's, there's like a company here. And all those things that we wrote down on the napkin a couple of years ago, whoa, we're starting to check them off the list or they're now starting to be a little bit more of not just pie in the sky, but man, maybe God's kind of bringing some of this stuff to fruition. And just watching that unfold, um, it there was a little sense as we were building it of like going, whoa, something's happening here and it's really exciting. Jeff was definitely one of my really good friends. Other than my family, I spent more time with Jeff than anyone. And uh, we loved to hang out. We loved to laugh. We laughed a ton. I, I, could, I could be myself around him. He was himself. There were a couple opportunities where there were things that required a trip, uh, a vacation. For instance, we went on a, a cruise uh, with Media Shout. Uh, Media Shout was hosting a thing on a cruise. And so uh, Jeff and I and our wives, uh, Haley and Stacy, went on that cruise together. And so that was so much fun. And then a couple years later, we did a Cancun trip because it was a Dave Ramsey uh, entrepreneur leadership thing that we wanted to go to and learn. So these were vacations, but they were vacations uh, that we were learning and and doing some things like, but we were splitting our time between doing that and just hanging out with our wives. And those were extremely fun trips. We just enjoyed each other. We got so close at the, uh, at one point they moved up to Allen and they just said, hey, come to Allen. And so 
you know, a few months later, we moved within three tenths of a mile from them so that we were pretty close. Our first kid, their third kid, uh, were born just a few months apart. They became fast running buds. Yeah, we went on vacations, um, would have meals with them, a ton of meals. And so, yeah, I mean, our lives started to bleed together where I'm like, man, anything that was going on in my life, Rob knew, vice versa. And he was a mentor. He was a he was a sounding board. He was a, man, I want him to have input on anything that was going on in my life. Same with my wife. And so, yeah, we were really close in a, in a lot of different ways. At five years, as man, the company's beginning to grow. I was like, man, I'm hitting 30. Yeah, just silly things, but like 30 biblically is a big year for people, right? That's when David became king. That's when Jesus's public ministry started. That's when uh, I think Joseph also became number two. You know, I just kind of tried to spiritualize it a little bit. I'm like, all right, I'm now 30. It's my time here. I, I just remember even thinking, man, man, God, it, this is so prideful. I'm not recommending this thought, but I was just like, my 30s are going to be my gift to God at this point. And so, yeah, that's just kind of what was going through my head. It's like my marriage is in place. My company's in place. It's growing. It's getting bigger. Uh, my walk with Christ is starting to maybe look a little bit more like it should. And so that's just where I was naively, and yet my foundation really wasn't solid. Situations and events can expose our weakness and uncover a problem that's been there all along. Here's Jeff and his wife Stacy talking about that. About a month or two before my 30th birthday, uh, which again was going to be kind of an important milestone in my life, uh, my wife goes in for uh, an obstetrician appointment. Uh, We're pregnant. Just had like a routine visit uh, with the OBGYN and they found some concerning cells that they wanted to look closer at. So then I was there by myself, he told me that I had what were precancerous cells, cervical cells that were concerning and that they were there because of an STD, which I just like could not understand. Is he telling me that one of us is having an affair? Because I've been married for seven years. This just doesn't make any sense. When I told Jeff about it, just very clearly did not want to like discuss it any further. In that moment, just the guilt and shame of everything that largely in my naivety, I thought I'd gotten away with some of the consequences of um, some of my poor decisions with girls before I'd gotten married. Um, It all caught up in that moment, right? And to me, the guy that's going to crush his 30s doesn't give his wife an STD. I was crushed. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. And I didn't want to talk about it at all. After she found out, she's like, I want to, let's, you know, I want to tell my parents, I want to tell my community group. And the last thing I wanted to do was tell anybody. And so I kind of sat silent to much of my shame. I sat silent as we told our community group and they asked me how I was doing. And I was like, I'm fine. And, you know, and then literally brushed it under the rug and didn't want to go back to it. And really to my shame, she told her parents uh, without me. So I bought that lie. I'm irredeemable and uh, now God can't use me. And so I finally just was, uh, you know, had 30 years now of history of, man, I'm, I'm going to always fall short. That's just been my life story. I'm always going to have disappointing things attend me because of my sin. And so might as well run towards it as opposed to trying to run away from it. I had no, I mean, I had no clue how impactful this was for Jeff. It can feel like a 
sudden reversal of five years ago when Jeff was in a foundation group and had learned how to be vulnerable and share intimate things. But Jeff admits that early on in group, he would share almost everything, holding back just a little bit, believing in the back of his mind that if they knew everything, it'd be too much. And so with a foundation that had been exposed, he moved towards his 30th birthday. My buddies and I, we were turning 30. The plan had been for months to go to Vegas. And and it was, I mean, it was going to be a tame experience, you know, from maybe what some people think about Vegas. We were going for show and hanging out and talked to my wife ahead of time. We're going to take $500. That felt good for the budget. And my wife was encouraged, like, yeah, you're hanging with your friends. It's 30. If you lose $500 and, you know, man, it'll be a fun weekend or fun three or four days. And so left and before too long, had lost $400 and we still had probably another 24 to 36 hours in Vegas. And uh, so I had $100 left. Uh, my buddies and we're having a fun time otherwise in terms of hanging out it's not all about playing at uh, playing cards Uh, we're having a fun meal together there's probably 12 10 to 12 of us and we're sitting down for dinner and you're in Vegas and so everyone's got cash you know and I mean just a very tangible memory for me is it comes time to pay the waiter kind of drops the bill down to the person to my right and we're all just kind of looking at the bill throwing cash in and instead of going to my left the the bill kind of made its way around to my right and i just remember the thought uh creeping into my brain of hey you don't have your debit card but you got the company credit card you could put that down pay for the whole meal and take the cash everyone else's cash you know, I don't know how quickly the bill kind of made around its table. It felt like it took a lifetime to get around the table because, I mean, in that moment, I felt the rustle of everything and in the end chose to, you know, steal money from the company, put my credit, the company credit card down in pocket, what was probably 200 or $300 so that I could gamble a little bit more or gamble uh, to a greater degree or for longer. Um, it was in that moment that as that bill kind of came, as I put the card down, that I just started to go, man, I've crossed a line here. A buddy that I had lived with, a believer that I had lived with for uh, a few years in college, he didn't know what I did, but he he pulled me aside like an hour later and he was like, are you okay? Your demeanor seems different. So he noticed, it was interesting, he noticed and I kind of lied to him in that moment. That was probably the first moment I hardened my heart Flying home, um, racked with guilt, um, the spirit of God in me was like, confess it, confess it. Uh, and, and so I just remember that whole plane ride home from Vegas going, Go, you got to tell Rob, you got to tell your wife, you got to tell your community group. And I just kind of played it out. And oddly enough, I had kind of won back the money I had lost, both uh, both like even the $500. And so I just was, you know, so I'm trying to justify it. Uh, and you know, in my head, I was like, well, what happens if I just kind of put the company money back? And uh, and I actually did pay back the company for that meal. And yet I knew that I had crossed a fiduciary trust. I knew I had crossed uh, a, a friendship trust, right? Like I knew it was sin. Uh, and, and just paying it back didn't, uh, that wasn't the appropriate amends. That wasn't the appropriate repentance. Uh, in and of itself, right? There was an act of confession and there was a, who I'm, I'm in a slippery slope. I'm in a dark place, not to mention all the other things happening around my wife and me. And, uh, and so 
man, my heart was screaming, you've got to confess. And yet uh, my fear of man, my people-pleasing side says, I don't want to disappoint Rob. I don't want to disappoint my wife. Uh, and so um, it was a little bit of pay the company back and try to forget about it. Next time on Kingdom Come. You're losing control, right? I could feel myself losing control. And we just were not connected. I had no idea why not. I mean, I am like jittery. You know, my legs are shaking. My hands are shaking. There's, I'm kind of turning away from him because there's uh, tears in my eyes. And so he asked me, he's like, are you okay? And uh, and I just kind of said, yeah, yes, yes. I'm. Everything's good. Um, I'm just processing things. 